You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast, in this podcast, Pastor Hank Kuhneman claims he prophesied about Israel and Gaza months before it went down because God told him about it. He says nothing happens on earth without God's prophets being told about it. So let's take a look at the kinds of prophecies God lays down for this guy. Mike Lindell has a brand new plan to save the election, WMDs. He's created what he calls wireless monitoring devices, or WMDs, which he claims can be used to detect wireless networks, thus proving the election was stolen, in his head at least. It is a windy road. So how do these things actually work? He's being accused of attempting to hack into proprietary election systems. Let's talk about what these devices actually do. It's time to talk about the split in the Methodist Church. A couple years ago, the Methodist Church split in two over whether or not members of the LGBT community will be allowed to participate in the church as normal members. Get married, be clergy, that kind of thing. We didn't know exactly how big the split was going to be, but now we do. Let's talk about it. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send me an email, you can do so by going to my website, owenmorgan.com, clicking the Contact Me button in the top right corner or in the menu if you're on mobile, and uh, send me a message. I want to hear from you. You may not get a response, but I do read many of the emails. I can't get all of them, but I do my best. Hey, Owen Kayong from Illinois. The uh, Hamas-Israel-Palestine war is... Uh, kind of like ironic and it presents a conundrum um <clears throat> hamas uses human shields with the human shield see hamas being religious f- fanatics that they are and a lot of islam is fanatical they you know they don't worry about the death because they feel figure all those uh, people that are killed by the israelis or whoever they're fighting is, is they just go to heaven well it's an interesting point uh, one thing i hate interrupting voicemail so i apologize guy but uh i'm just going to interrupt for a second this is actually a three-parter guy young is sending him in in 20 second segments you can do 30 to 45 second segments if you want and i'll still see him guy to address what you said there yeah islam does have this radical belief well extremist islam has a radical belief that they'll just instantly go to heaven if they die in service to the faith or whatever. But you know who else has that belief? Christianity. Christianity does. And we're starting to see some of that come out in Christianity as well. I'm going to touch on this in a minute, but back in 2013, 2014 maybe, there was a culture war issue on YouTube between SJWs and anti-SJWs, as they called each other. And the culture war issue was, are you going to criticize Islam? Is Islamophobia real? And I'm going to tell you where I land on that in just a minute. But I feel like the things that I've said recently have given people the impression that I'm on one side or the other. So just stick around in a minute and I will make my position completely clear. Anyway, let's keep listening. A guy is 100% correct. There are Muslims out there that are nutter butters of epic proportions in, in very scary ways. But there are also Christians out there that are exactly the same, disturbingly, exactly the same, for what it's worth. Okay, meet Allah. So to them, that's actually a plus. Then uh, the rest of the world, if their religion, if they really believe in God, they should actually say, oh, those people are going up to heaven too. 
So uh, ironically, only a person like me, a cynical atheist, should really be sad about the people dying because I know that's it for them. RIP GOP 2023. Yeah, absolutely. I spliced all that together for him because it came in three different parts. But yeah, absolutely. It is truly heartbreaking. It's truly tragic when a single life is lost because it's lost for good. It's gone. It's snuffed out like that forever. Never to be remembered, never to be seen again. It's not good. People have this coping mechanism to help them deal with the fact that they've lost family members and things like that. But what do you do when that coping mechanism isn't there and you're watching people die by the hundreds of thousands, even millions? What do you do? It eats you up inside for sure. I feel like I value life more than, you know, the average religious fundamentalist. I absolutely do. Life is the most precious thing in the universe. The rarest, most valuable thing in the universe, in my opinion. Anyway, thank you, Guy Young, for the three-parter. Again, splice those together. Thank you so much. Hey, this is Rick from Ohio. In your most recent episode, you made a comment about not wanting Christianity to go away, just extreme Christianity. And then a couple minutes later, you made a pretty strong stance that Muslim, that Islam should go away completely. I'm confused why that divide is there. Surely, if Christians can exist without their extremists, so can Islam. I don't, I don't get that divide. And on top of that, I feel like there's a lot of defense for Islamic people in the left because a lot of us grew up post 9-11 hearing a lot of hate against regular people in similar ways that Chinese people here recently were getting targeted because of COVID. Love to hear your thoughts. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. You're absolutely right. I was a little bit ambiguous on that. Let me clarify my position and let me add a little bit of cultural context for you so that you understand why I hold that position. Over the past 20 years, There have been refugees trying to make their way into Europe from the Middle East because conditions there, it's very war-torn in the Middle East, and it's getting hotter and more difficult to inhabit because of climate change and things like that. So lots of refugees coming from that war-torn area trying to integrate into you know, European countries, France, Germany, the UK, so on and so forth. And as a result of that, you know all the propaganda we hear constantly about Mexicans trying to come over the, the, the U.S. border? That's what they're dealing with over there in the UK and, you know, Europe as a whole. They're getting a constant bombardment of anti-Muslim propaganda from the far right over in Europe, in various European countries, in in the exact same way as we get it about Mexicans, how they're going to steal our jobs and they're dirty and they're evil and they're blah, 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 whatever. For that reason, Islamophobia as a term exists because in the same way that Mexicans are derided and, and hated and evil in the United States Islam is derided and hated and evil in Europe. I don't know. I guess you just call it bigotry against Mexicans here, right? 
Islamophobia rolls off the tongue. Mexicanophobia doesn't really. Immigrantophobia doesn't really run, uh, roll off the tongue in the same way. So people in the United States who aren't really in touch with the issue, like myself, I wasn't really like directly affected by the propaganda being spread about Islam in Europe. It, it didn't really hit me the same. So in 2013, 2014, there were a bunch of YouTubers, many of whom were from Canada, which has close ties to the United Kingdom. And some were from the UK, some were from other various countries in Europe, and they all had this pure, unadulterated disdain for Muslims that crossed over from Islam to Muslims. It can cross over from hating the religion to hating, to the, to hating the person pretty quickly. And it felt like that's kind of where it went. Now, I wasn't really engaging in the issue at all at the time. I just kind of saw this happening and whatever. I felt like it was way more political than I really wanted to talk about on my channel. So I created my channel to talk about Jehovah's Witnesses and religions and cults and stuff. And I left the Muslim community to the ex-Muslim community. And you know what? If an ex-Muslim wanted to come on my channel and talk to me, I would have them on. It's just never happened. I stand against Islam just like I stand against any religion that, that, that's fake. That being said, here's me being clear and concise. In an ideal world, everybody would wake up from Islam tomorrow and they would realize that it's not real and it's causing endless amounts of problems for them in their communities. Look at how the Taliban is treating people in Afghanistan right now. They are the de facto government, and they're banning women from going to school. They're planning acid attacks and all kinds of horrific stuff. Look at Iran, Shia Muslims. Uh, look at Hamas. I mean, there are a billion different Muslim extremist factions, state terrorist groups, that are about as toxic as it gets. That being said, there are some people, some Muslims, that are moderate. Indonesia, I believe, has the highest percentage of Muslims in the world by country, I think, or something like that. They have a lot of Muslims. And by and large, Indonesians are very chill. Indonesian Muslims, they're chill, relaxed, don't hate anybody. They're just doing their thing. I mean, of course, they're extremists in every group. But it's not anywhere near as bad as the Taliban or, you know, Iranian Muslims, the Shia Muslims in Iran or Hamas or Hezbollah or whatever. It's not like that. They're much more chill. However, even them, even them, I would like to see them wake up from falsehoods and see that those things are false. I don't want anyone dead. I don't want anybody to be crushed or, or anything. I just want everyone to see it for what it is. That's it. And let me be clear the other way too. I do feel the same about Christianity. I wish people would wake up from it. I wish people would realize that, that a lot of this stuff was fabricated after the fact, that it's not, it's not real. It was written by a bunch of people. It wasn't written by who it was claimed to be written by, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They did not write those books. 
And after the fact, scribes went back and changed things and changed things again and morphed it and warped it and added doctrines in and removed doctrines. We don't even know what the original stuff even said. We don't even know what Jesus had to say or what he was all about because there have been so many changes over the years. So I wish that people would wake up to the fact that Christianity is also full of falsehoods. Islam is full of falsehoods. Buddhism, Shintoism, Hinduism, they're all full of falsehoods. And I wish that people would stop believing this stuff without question. But I'm going to take a lighter touch on these subjects and not attack people for what they believe or who they are. Because I feel like I need their help to stop the extremism. And ultimately, that's my goal in Islam or in Christianity. You're right. I did say Islam. I would like to see Islam. You know, I'd like to see people wake up from Islam. And I did not say the same about Christianity. Ultimately, I do feel the same about both of them. But I don't want to isolate Christians who otherwise might be willing to help me in this battle against extremism. The Islam fight, it's not really my fight. I, I'm down. I'll help in any way I can. I'm more focused on Christian religious cults in the United States than anywhere else. Anyway, hopefully that answers the question for you. I don't know where that puts me on the SJW line. Am I an anti-SJW? Am I SJW? I have no clue. But, yeah, that's that's my position. Hey, uh, this is Eric. I'm, uh, I'm from Maine, man. It's been hard up here. And, you know, I've been a viewer for several, several years. And, um, you know, it's just like people still don't like, there's a lot of people, the majority of the people still don't take the whole gun thing seriously. It's like, just a little cultural context. Maine just suffered a mass shooting again. I mean, how many are we up to now just this year alone? It's insane and sad. I can't stand it. That's what the caller is referring to with guns and everything. There was an attack, a terrible attack. It's like they're, they still don't understand, and I just um, want to know what you think about that, you know. Thank you. Have a good one. Take care. Yeah. Personally, if it were up to me, there would, we would have gun policies similar to Australia. It is nearly impossible to own a gun. If you really want one, you can get one, but you have to go through 12 weeks of training twice per year. You have to renew your license, and it's not just the kind of thing that you just go in and sign a piece of paper and they reissue it. No, you have to retest. You have to show that you know what you're doing. You have to prove that you have a gun safe in your home that it is kept in, and you have to be willing to be open to inspections at random times to prove that your gun is stored in a safe place and locked. Universal background checks and everything else make it nearly impossible to own a gun, but possible if somebody wants it. Since we don't have those laws, I don't think people on the far right should be the only ones that own guns. Just keep in mind, if you're going to get a gun, keep in mind that it dramatically increases your chances of being shot. People who own guns are more likely to be shot. And, and get into accidents with it and be hurt and everything else. It's possible it could fall into the wrong hands. It's possible your kid grows up to be a serial killer. I mean, who knows? Who who knows? I mean, these things happen statistically. That's why we're in this situation. So that's my position on guns. I appreciate the call.
Next up, Pastor Hank Kuhneman claims he prophesied about Israel and Gaza months before it went down because God told him about it. He says nothing happens on earth without God's prophets being told about it. So let's take a look at the kinds of prophecies God lays down for this guy. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. This is Hank Kuhneman. If you're unfamiliar, he's a friend of Kenneth Copeland, a close friend of Kenneth Copeland, as a matter of fact. Now, this guy claims to be a prophet of God. In a minute, you're going to hear a video of him claiming that he prophesied that the Gaza-Israel conflict was going to happen months ago. But I want to show you the little parlor trick he pulls. He doesn't actually prophesy anything. You know, the sad thing is, I I feel obligated to talk about this stuff because A, this guy might run for public office one day. B, he's extremely influential in his own right. And C, people believe these parlor tricks. They think that he really does have some bizarre connection to God or something. So let me disabuse you of that notion. Let's watch the whole clip that I just played. That was just a part of it. Early November 2023. Listen to what he had to say here. I always say it to God. God, your heart, your secret demands a voice. I'm not the only one, but God, I'm honored to be one of them. See, he, he's claiming to be a prophet of God here. You know, for example, when the Israeli war happened, people were writing uh, in on social media. Well, how come no prophet heard this? Well, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. God does nothing in the earth unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. And, and, and our ministry, we, we had God speak. You can look at those prophecies. We'll talk about them on November 15th coming up. Uh, there were prophecies from April 16th and April 30th. God said in the days ahead, there's going to be a strike against Israel. He said September 14th or 15th at our conference, Iran would be involved in a strike. It's Iran, not Iran. Oh, and by the way, Iran was not involved in the strike against Israel. The United States and Israel both came out and said Iran was not a part of what happened on October 7th, 2023, with Hamas coming in and doing all that messed up stuff to the Israeli citizens. Don't just assume, well, see, the prophets, they missed it. I don't believe in all this prophetic stuff. Nobody heard this. Well, wait a minute. Maybe you didn't hear it. But I guarantee you somewhere there was a prophetic utterance, a prophetic warning, a prophetic message somewhere that God was saying it. Amen? No, not amen. See, this is a, okay, let me explain the little parlor trick. This is how he does it. He will be super vague with his prophecies, his predictions, or whatever you want to call them. He'll be as vague as humanly possible with them. And then when something happens... That, that kind of goes down that road that might plausibly be something that you could apply to this prophecy, he applies it just like that, boom. So he says something like, uh, you, you know what? Let me just give you an example. I'll give you an example. July 1st, 2022, just watch this cheap little trick he does to innocent people who don't know any better. He went to this event and he, and he tries this little trick. But I do, do feel that some people came here tonight and an element of fear hit you because of a doctor's report that you've recently got okay people came here and they've been struck with fear because of a doctor's report they recently got the audience disproportionately skews older 
I mean, it's like the boomer generation that's going to these evangelical extremist events, right? So obviously, older people are going to have health problems. Obviously, people are going to get bad news from doctors regularly. And when you're talking to a crowd of 10,000 people or even more, maybe millions, maybe not in the arena, actually, but online, you know, lots of people have seen this. Out of those tons and tons and tons of people, how many received a note from a doctor that was less than positive? How many just in the audience alone? Not zero, not even just one, multiple, I'm sure of it. And it's worked on you, worked on you, worked on you, worked on you. And God wants you to know that it's going to turn out better than what your own mind is telling you and what the enemy's telling you. But He's acting like he's talking to one person, but he didn't even get specific enough to apply it to one person. God is telling Hank Kuhneman that the however many, like he, unidentified number of people that are dealing with this are going to be fine. He hasn't even told us how many people he's talking to let alone what they're diagnosed with or whatever. How could he possibly say they're going to be fine? And you know what happens? This is what's truly grotesque about this. I'm sorry, man. These people are going to really, to the bottom of their hearts, believe God healed them. And they're going to be less likely to believe the doctors, less likely to take their medicine, less likely to spend that money on the doctor, and instead they're going to spend it on Hank Kuhneman's ministry to reach more people. That's what is truly disgusting about what's happening here. I really believe that you need to be prayed for, so I don't want to come away from whatever they're feeling. And, and check this out. You know what happens when, when he says, anybody in the audience, please stand up, who, who this applies to, and nobody stands up? Here's the trick. He'll say, I understand you're nervous and you don't want to be like called out, but God sees you. God knows. So it's a, a traditional cold reading technique, the same type of thing that psychics like uh, TV psychics used to use to pray on people. I'm hearing a J sound. God's giving me a J. Is there somebody whose name starts with a J? And if nobody says a word, he, he gets a little bit, you know, broader. He says, um, could be the name of a relative, could be a middle name, could be a last name, anybody with the name Jay. Everybody has a family member, or th they themselves have a middle, first, or last name that starts with J. Everybody. Anyway, that's the trick. It's just underhanded and dirty, seriously. I really believe that you need to be prayed for, so I don't want to come away from whatever they're feeling. I, I feel very strongly with what I'm delivering with this. And if you're here and, and that's you, you, you're saying, you know what, Pastor Hank, in fact, there was one specific one in the month of May. Seeing how he's doing this, so he probably got what, 20, 30 people to stand up out of 10,000. I don't know how many are in this arena. 20 or 30 people stand up, and now he's going to get a little more specific. Statistically speaking, 12 months out of the year, it's... I think it's May when this is happening. He says you got this bad news in the month of May. Statistically speaking, somebody is probably going to receive bad news in the month of May. You're seeing what he's doing here, right? He does the same thing with his prophecies, as he calls them. They're vague enough to apply to any situation. We'll take a look at some of his prophecies in a second. Just keep watching this. That has carried over 
uh, into this month, you've got to go back again, and, and it's messing with you. And God wants to just verify to you that it's going to be our, uh, okay. I want you to raise your hand and identify who, who you are because we want to pray for you. Where are you in this room? Right over here. See, now you got a bunch of people pointing to somebody. Okay, is that the month of May? All right, I want you to stand. Mario, I believe this is how we, we team. I want Mario to come with me. I, can you, would you come on? This is so cheap, dude, seriously. How do people not see straight through this? Down. Anybody else, you've got a doctor's report specifically. In fact, there's someone that uh, they, they feel like they found a mass. Uh, that's what the x-ray said. That's what the doctor's report said. There was a mass in your chest. And uh, God's going to show you the power of shrinkage and disappearance. God, that, it's just so sad. Later on in this, I watched this whole thing on my Owen Unfiltered YouTube channel uh, a while back. Later on, he tells this woman who looks to be in her 30s that she has cancer, three forms of cancer. But God has healed her cancer. So if she goes to the doctor, then it won't be detected. I'm only allowed to say one thing to this lady in the pink. Take one of your hands, put it on your stomach. There are actually three places in your body that this thing is grown in, and it is cancer. But God's going to take them all out by the root. Everybody say, oh, Mario, this crazy talk, crazy talk. You have no idea how many times I've watched women like this go to their doctor and the x-rays show there's nothing there. You see, he's seeing what he's doing, right? He could literally claim anything. He could walk up to somebody and say, you have AIDS, but I just cured your AIDS. So if you go to a doctor, you will affirm that you do not have AIDS any longer. It's just shameless, shameless charlatanry. He has even prophesied about climate change. Just listen to this one, late June 2023. So let's, let's look at May 11th. So this was May 11th, just... Um... This is how his prophecies are, are laid out like this. Great shakings have begun, intense heat. That's the name of this prophecy. And he highlighted the relevant parts, I guess, in red here. But do they not understand that the God of the times and seasons, even of the weather, for I speak now and I say, look closely, for there shall be extreme once again. What? What did that even mean? It was meaningless. The only words that, that have any meaning in there are weather and God. That I, I don't get the rest. Like, it's nonsense. But I say that you are in the time now of my season. It is the great fall. It is the fall of kingdoms. It is the fall of kings. It is the fall of leaders. It's the fall of corruption. What the hell is going on right now? You're seeing how this is so ridiculously vague. He can pick any topic and claim that he had a successful prophecy on that topic. Guess what? Israel has been... Just to go back to the original clip at the beginning of the video. Israel's been in conflict with Palestine and other Arab nations in the area for 70 years, okay? 70 years. That's how long they've been in conflict with each other. And this guy decides just now to, you know, a couple months ago, say, I foresee there are going to be conflicts in Israel. 
with Arab nations. Wow. Dude is a mind reader. God, he sure has the uh, voice of God in his ear, doesn't he? It's just like, how do people buy it? It's crazy. So listen to him prophesy about climate change here. It's shameless, man. Just, um, what would that be a couple, well, a month ago, right? Okay. This is May 11th, 2023, I guess, when the prophecy came out. And this is in June, I believe, when he, wait, when was this? Yeah, it was late June, 2023. So uh, anyway, yeah, just keep listening here. And so it will be, says the Spirit of God, that men have looked to the climate and they say climate change and climate control, but they do not understand that the God of times and seasons, even of the weather, for I speak now and I say, look closely, for there shall be extreme once again. Okay, that, that makes absolutely no sense at all, but he doesn't seem to understand the difference between weather and climate ostensibly okay go on uh, you got my attention hank let him cook let him cook and i'm telling you it has a it has a lot of meaning to that mm -hmm. yeah. sure sure a lot of meaning i think god is saying this is the time that things are heating up and you're gonna see some things collapse and fall any five minutes now right we're gonna see that stuff collapse and fall whatever that stuff happens to be i mean here's the problem really with what he's doing here he pumps out prophecy after prophecy after prophecy so much, and they're so vague that they could apply to anything, but they can also apply to nothing at all. So he's got, like, massive numbers of false prophecies here. What's all this about it is the great fall, it's a fall of kingdoms, it's the fall of kings, it's the fall of leaders? What is he talking about here? The fall of corruption? What? What specific thing are you talking about with this one? I mean, I see the, the word weather here. I guess he was prophesying about climate change not that i even know how that applies to real life but what's this corruption bit here and there will be temperatures that will reach for a season in the what in the hundreds wow. and then they will say but wow you hear his wife there wow wow and then they will wow he said in the hundreds the temperature is going to reach into the hundreds how about that that's never happened on planet earth Ever. Did you guys know that? It has never reached above 99 degrees Fahrenheit on planet Earth anywhere in the 4.5 billion year history of the planet. It's the first time. And Hank Kuhneman prophesied it. Amazing, huh? Hey, but what is this, God, about 105? And God says, do you not know that I led the people out with silver and gold and there was not one feeble as I delivered a nation? Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, dude. It's just so stupid that it's painful. It is so stupid it's painful. I'm sorry, man. He decided to tack on, just to really break this down, he tacked on a little thing on the end to make people remember why they believe him. If you believe that this prophecy is real and true, then you will get silver and gold and you will be cured of all ailments and blah, 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 blah. It's just embarrassing and sad, man, seriously. Anyways, um, that should give you an idea of what his prophecies look like. Actually, if you go to his website, you can see like a whole list of his prophecies. He does it all the time. Hankandbrenda.org, right? Because Brenda, his wife, is also a pastor and a prophet. Because, you know, God in the Bible really thought that women should be in charge. He talked about it constantly, right? Talked about how women were like, they should be at the forefront. 
They're the thinkers. They should be the leaders in every situation, and men should be subservient to women. That's what it said, right? I don't think I'm mixing that up. Yeah, yeah, here we go. This is it. Prophecy. We are in the moment of one of the GR. Whatever the hell that means, okay? Read this powerful prophecy by Pastor Hank Kuneman on Sunday, October 8th. This is the day after Israel you know, got attacked by Hamas. Where the Spirit of the Lord has declared that there will be an expansion of Israel's borders and a scattering of Israel's enemies who have sought to destroy them in this season. Wow. How could he have possibly known that Israel was going to try to expand their borders and attack Gaza for what happened on October 7th? This is seriously prophetic stuff. Nobody could have known this except through God. Nobody even guessed this, right? God has declared he is holding back the weapons of their nations who have sought to, pre uh, to preempt a war to end all things. Do not be afraid and stand in the confidence of the Lord as the righteous judge has decreed that he is dealing harshly with the... So anyway, oh my God, it's just painfully stupid. All right, so check this one out. This is mid-June 2021. Here is another example of Hank's perspective on prophecy. This isn't a prophecy that he gave. It's about the fact that he failed to correctly prophesy that Donald Trump was going to be in the White House in 2021. That's a failed prophecy of his, and everybody pointed it out. And he's going to tell you why it wasn't a failed prophecy. For context, cultural context, about six months after Biden was inaugurated. There's been a lot of you know, signing of petitions and accountability they're calling for for the prophets. Signing of petitions and accountability for the prophets. People trying to hold him accountable for lying to their faces. The dude looked him in the eye and said, God told me Donald Trump was going to be the president for 2021 to 2024. That's what he did. How do you come back from that? How do you come back from that? Well, here's his retort, his defense, if you will. I have no problem with the statement of accountability in the prophetic. I have no, uh, no problem with the statement to identify prophets and what they are and false prophets. What I have a problem with is their statement or their stance. A, a lot of times people, they're standing. Um, it's amazing. Nobody wrote a letter and thanked me uh, for all the years that I prophesied the other presidents and, all, and, and even President Trump. And no, but soon as something didn't look like it happened, boy, they jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, exactly. That's correct. I'm so fascinated that this seems to be sinking in your thick skull right now. You know why everybody jumped on you when we realized that you were falsely prophesying? Let me show you straight from the Bible. Deuteronomy 18:22. Wow, check it out. They got an ad in here anyways. I keep ads on my stuff because I believe in ads. I believe in supporting websites, but it's a little bit different when I'm broadcasting to 100,000 people, you know, over the course of whatever. Like, this video may go out to 100,000, 500,000 people, maybe a million. I mean, I've had a million. I, I have multiple videos that have hit a million. So I just don't want them getting free advertising off of me. That's why I, I enable an ad blocker. Anyway, you may say to yourselves, this is Deuteronomy 18.21, how can we know a message has not been spoken by the Lord? If what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. That prophet has spoken presumptuously, so do not be alarmed. Huh, how about that? So God has given us a pathway 
to understand or to weed out the false prophets. And what happens to people who claim to speak in God's name who didn't really have God's ear or his mouth or whatever? God didn't have their ear. They're to be put to death. Now, I don't endorse that at all, really. I don't want that for Hank Kuhneman, but he should at least lose his ministry, bare minimum, right? We are called to be the arbiters. We, as the congregation, as the people of the planet, we are called to be the arbiters of whether or not what he said came true, according to Deuteronomy 18.22. Now, how's he going to wiggle out of this one? And boy, they jump on the bandwagon to attack you. And my question is, how many of those people that are attacking a, are, are you a prophet? It's irrelevant. Deuteronomy 18.22 told the people of the land, the congregation, the God's people or whatever, to determine if what you said was true or not. So how can you, the, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 that the prophets are to judge the prophets. That's what it says. Prophet is to prophesy, okay? Let the others judge. Well, certainly the prophets should also be judging prophets. Yeah, absolutely. Does not exclude everybody else from doing it. You're seeing how he set this up, though, right? He said he gave himself an out so he can never be criticized because he tells you who the prophets are. And if he doesn't say they're a prophet, then they're not a prophet. And he will only ever say that this person is a prophet if they agree to say that he's a prophet. He's created a nice little circular loop for himself where he is prophet-proof. He can never be criticized. I don't think that's what the Bible writers had in mind. I think they intended for people to determine for themselves if people were lying to your face or not. And it seems Plain as day that that's what Hank Kuhneman has done since day one, right? Is that fair to say? They're prophets. That's what he was speaking about. And so, you know, are they prophets? Do they stand in a fivefold office of a prophet? Second, do they have a positional grace and an authority by God? Just because you're a prophet doesn't mean that you might be called. If you are a believer of God, if you are one of God's people, Jesus said all you need to do is be kind to others and take care of the ones in need. What you did to the least of us, of my brothers and sisters, you did to me. That is the payment for getting into the kingdom of God. Paul says you have to accept Jesus to be part of the kingdom of God, but Paul disagreed with a lot of what Jesus said. So anyway, I'm going with Jesus. Be nice. That's what I believe the Bible intended. If you're a man of God i.e. you're a good person and you genuinely try to help people, not only will you get into the kingdom of God, but you will also be qualified to judge whether or not a prophet lied to your face. But yeah, that this is his attempt to wiggle out of it, of course. Doesn't mean that you might be called to be a prophet to the nation, okay? There's different rank and file and... Um responsibilities that are given to the prophets or to any fivefold office. There's a there's a prophet hierarchy. Okay. I don't remember that in the Bible. And 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 so you look at the list of people. Are they prophets? Yes or no? Second, if they are prophets, have they been assigned by Jesus, the Lord of the church, this is a holy thing, to prophesy to a nation? God, he is doing everything he can to wiggle out of this, isn't he? Just absurd, man. Just admit you lied, okay? You lied to our faces. Either admit it or stop talking about it, one or the other. Don't, like, lie even more to our face. Just absurd. 
This dude is absolutely shameless. This is an even deeper justification for him to continue lying to your face and never find himself in a hole. Check this one out. Mid-May 2021. Somebody had released recently about how there were some uh, prophetic ministers that uh, supposedly had a dream that uh, the, the B guy... Uh, Biden. I don't know why he's calling him the B guy. Like what? Uh, ...would win and 45 would lose, and they are accurate prophets. No, they aren't. Uh, they are, because Biden is in the White House. Of course, I don't believe in prophecy. You know what? I, I'll tell you what. I do believe that prophecy is possible. Here's my qualification for something to be a prophecy, okay? It has to be exceedingly specific. It has to contain an absurd amount of detail. That amount of detail, I, I can't put a number on it or a, a, you know, a figure or like a measurement on it of any sort, but I'll know it when I see it. It has to have a lot of detail. You have to write it down on a piece of paper, mail it to yourself, and keep it sealed for five years. And after that five years, I open that envelope and I give it a read. And if what you wrote on that piece of paper is playing out in exceeding detail, exactly as you're describing it, then I'll believe you're a prophet. Can anybody do that? Has anybody ever done that? When it happens, let me know. I'll be sticking around watching for it. I just want to know what's true. If I ever get an example of that, I will be the first one to come out here and tell you guys about it. I have a canonical view of the Bible, even though I don't believe in any of this. I have a canonical idea of Christianity, what Jesus intended, what the Bible said, things like that. And in my opinion, I, I think I'm a cessationist, which means... All of the prophetic gifts and the speaking in tongues and the uh, all the other stuff all ceased with Jesus and his apostles' deaths. I don't think anybody is capable of prophesying today, modern day, or healing the sick or any of that stuff, it, which makes it even worse that this guy's coming out here claiming to be a prophet. The Bible does warn against false prophets, right? Prophets, no, they aren't, because he won. <laughs> Trump won, he says, okay. <laughs> so you, you can call it whatever you want and that they had the skinny beforehand, but the truth of the matter is he won. People who think that this election fraud is going to go away and that President Trump is going to go away, you don't understand that part of the visitation, this isn't worship, this isn't nationalism, this isn't an idolatry, it is God's agenda and desire to use a man and an administration. I find it fascinating that he, he feels the need to delineate, uh, to clarify that he is not worshiping an idol or he's not like worshiping a man or whatever else. He's like, I I'm not worshiping somebody. I swear to God, I'm not. I just like Donald Trump a lot is all. That that's all. Not a big deal. And I believe that he's part of the prophecy and he might be the Messiah. Not saying I worship him, just saying he might be fulfilling the role that Jesus was expected to fulfill when he came back. I'm not worshiping him. There's a man and an administration as part of his visitation to bless the church, to give the church religious liberties and freedoms for the greatest harvest. God, look, 
this. People like standing up, giving a standing ovation. It's just painful, man. Are you listening? But we got people like the disciples that are saying, oh, it's a ghost. It's evil. Oh, 46-1. No, 46 doesn't exist. 46 is Biden. 46 doesn't exist. Wow, man. People yelling, that's right, in the background. You hear that? That's right. Sounds like Marjorie Taylor Greene yelling out at a State of the Union address. God doesn't reward and bless a thief. But when a thief is found, watch, there's going to be spoil. He must pay back sevenfold, and that's what's coming to this nation. He's, uh, so Biden is going to pay back sevenfold for what he stole. Wow, okay. Don't know how you expect that to happen, but you're the prophet of God, right? I swear, this dude gets prophecies wrong constantly, and that's impressive, considering the fact that he's so vague about them. Seriously. Says things like, but do they not understand that God of the times and seasons, even of the weather, for I speak now and I say, look closely, there shall be extreme once again. Even that is so vague, and he fails constantly. How do you fail such a vague prophecy. It's absurd. You know what? Before I call it there, let me just tell you one more thing. If, if you disagree with him, he has a message for you. I will stand with his loyalty whether you think I'm false or not. If that's what you think, then you can take your opinion and you can shove it. Real man of God we've got on our hands here, Hank Kuhneman. Televangelist, extremely famous and influential, has met and communicated with Trump on a semi-regular basis at least close friends with Kenneth Copeland, about as influential as it gets. And he's out here falsely prophesying and telling people to shove it when he's wrong. I love it, dude. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Next up, Mike Lindell has a brand new plan to save the election, WMDs. He's created what he calls wireless monitoring devices, or WMDs, which he claims can be used to detect wireless networks, thus proving the election was stolen, in his head at least. It is a windy road. So how do these things actually work? He's being accused of attempting to hack into proprietary election systems. Let's talk about what these devices actually do. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. Mike Lindell has a new plan to save the election, quote-unquote. Apparently, his plans for 2020 didn't pan out or something, even though he spent like $40 million on it, according to him. But he's got it this time. He's got it. He's created a new device. It's a wireless monitoring device. You bring it in in any precinct, any polling thing. It'll pull all the, it'll show you the cell phones online. It works on cellular internet too, everything. Here's what the device looks like. It, it, he calls it a WMD. Zoom in on this here. Just a little plastic box looks like, basically. Let me tell you what it does. He's been accused of some things and being a software engineer as I was for six years, I know a little bit about what they're describing. So I'll translate it if I can. This wireless monitoring device supposedly watches for wireless networks to appear, which would then prove to Mike Lindell that the voting machines were indeed online after all. He claims that he went from county clerk to county clerk and they all told him the machines are not online, which they weren't. The voting machines were not online. 
Check this out. August 17th, 2022. He's had, uh, there's an update to this story. It's a little bit older, but uh, there's an update. I want to catch you up on it before showing you what happened recently. Everyone said the machines are not online. Our, our routers, our voting machines, our polling, but no, they're not online. They're not online. They're not online. They're not online. This was, everybody heard this, and that, that lie blocked us from getting our cyber evidence out. Okay, it wasn't just, like, people that you hate that were saying that, that the machines are not online. It was even county clerks who took private voter data and passed it to Mike Lindell. A while back, a list showed up of dead voters, people who voted who had been dead for years. And these were real names with real addresses, and they really were people who voted. So the BBC goes around and starts knocking on doors and they say, did you vote? And they said, yeah, I voted. And they said, and you're not dead? They said, nope, I'm not dead. It turns out Mike Lindell is friends with a county clerk named Tina Peters who stole a list of voters and their, you know, the, the way that they voted and gave it to Mike Lindell, tampered with the voting machines to provide information to Mike Lindell illegally. And then he leaked that list of just voters, just people who voted. He leaked that list of names and addresses as dead voters. Tina Peters actually got arrested for it. And boy, do I enjoy this arrest video. I've probably shown this video, I don't know what, 15 times on my channel up to now. But how can you pass up an opportunity to watch somebody who is trying to destroy democracy get arrested? You can't. Early March 2022. That's her with the blonde hair and the little, what, the, the red outfit or whatever. And what's even more disturbing about this is that she knows these cops. She knows these people that are arresting her right now. She calls them by their first name because she's in government. She's involved in this stuff. So many conflicts of interest here. It's ridiculous. Corruption to the core on Mike Lindell's side, on Donald Trump's side. Corruption to the core. She thinks she got like seven felonies or something. Let go of me. Let go of me. Let go of me. Let go of me. Dude, I just, I eat this up. This is like my sustenance right here. It hurts. Let go of me. Tell you one thing I learned dealing with cops my entire life. The thing that I was always told growing up and, and the thing that works without fail. I've tried it in these situations. Yelling at the top of your lungs, let go of me and kicking at the cop gets you out of every situation with a cop every time without fail. The cop says, you know what? You're right. I don't want to be kicked at or yelled at. This is just like hurting my feelings. So I'm just going to, like, let you out of these handcuffs now and let you go free. Every time it works. Just try it. Don't try it. I'm joking. You hear that? Yes, you are, Caleb. Calling him by his first name. Give me my key to my car. 
Anyway, we can't spend all night watching this. I could, but, we, you know, we got other things to talk about. So the point is Mike Lindell had more than just people opposed to him and what he was doing, telling him that the voting machines are not online. It was people like Tina Peters who was in charge of the voting machines and stole the voter data to give to him that were telling him that they're not online. They aren't. They never were. They never will be. And in my opinion, they shouldn't be. They should not be connected to the internet. Maybe they shouldn't even have like a network card in them. They should be completely separated from the internet. But Lindell is obsessed with the idea that these voting machines are secretly online and these little black boxes, these WMDs, they're gonna prove it. We're not online, we're not online. So. This plan, this device here, is a wireless monitoring device. It was developed, it's the only one I believe in the world. We have, now we have quite a few and we're making mass producing them. What they do is they monitor, like if when you go into a room and you have a phone, it tells you all the internets available, right? Right. It, I mean, okay, all the internets. Tells you all the Wi-Fi networks available, yes, okay. This passively captured shows it. Now, what if there was such a device that would say, let's say you had one of those internets, Gene, and you wanted to find... One, you had one of those internets? Is that what he said? This dude... God, he's just ridiculous. Okay. Internets, Gene, and you wanted to find out everyone that had joined up to your internet. Yeah. And you'd also find out what kind of device it was, the IP address of it, the brand name on it, uh, the MAC address. If I told you that, you'd go, wow, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's totally 100% possible. It's not even hard to do. If you are connected to a Wi-Fi network, you can get Wi-Fi data like uh, IP address and uh, MAC address and extremely specific information about the computer, like its hardware, what kind of hardware it has, and everything. If that computer is connected to a network and you also connect to that network, then you can be fed that information. That's correct. What Mike Lindell is not telling you is that you cannot get that information about devices connected to a network unless you are also connected to that network. So there's only one way this would work for Lindell. This device will not do anything unless he connects to the network that the, um, the voting machines are connected to. But the voting machines aren't connected to a network because they're not online. So he's just creating, he's mass producing little plastic boxes that say WMD on the front for nothing. Really what this WMD thing does, according to him, is it filters out superfluous Wi-Fi networks. Like you pull up your phone, you see a whole list of Wi-Fi networks there, right? You've got your watch, you got a car outside, you've got FBI surveillance van five, you've got Bill Y, the science fi, you know, you got all of them. And uh, Lindell is saying that this device filters out watches and phones and whatever and filters everything out until it reaches the voting machines, except the voting machines are not transmitting their own wireless network. Even if they were online, they would be connected to another wireless network, say the, the network at the school or the church or the police precinct or wherever the voting is taking place. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, you definitely. Catch someone stealing your internet, right? That's right. But yep. here, 
we can catch them in their lie. It's a wireless monitoring device. You bring it in, in any precinct, any polling thing, it'll pull all the, it'll show you the cell phones online. It works on cellular internet too, everything. Anything that's online, and now you can, you can uh, filter it out, take out all the cell phones. Take out all the watches online. Take yep. out all the, um, you know. And you'll be left with the school's Wi-Fi network. Wow. That tells us a lot. But if you were outside a car that was online, it would take that sure. out. Now you filter it down, and you're in a place. Well, now, all of a sudden, imagine you're on election night, and you have one of these. And uh, you, we also have a way to, at franksocial.com now, our, our platform there, where you can watch it. You can sit at home in your easy chair. And it's like Ghostbusters. Eh, 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 red alert, red alert. Got another one. We got <laughs> another one. What does he think is going to happen, realistically, in all seriousness? What's going to happen is you're going to pull up your... It, it, it works exactly the same way as just pulling up your phone, going to your Wi-Fi, and looking at the big list of all the Wi-Fi networks here. And picking out all the ones that are cars and phones and watches and whatever else and filtering it down to only Wi-Fi networks that are, what, hardwired into, like, the, the cable, like, to the network or whatever? Like, normal full routers? Is that what he's talking about? I mean, those are all over the place. You'll probably get two of them from each neighbor when you're at this police precinct or wherever it is they're doing the voting. This makes no sense at all. What's this device even do? Can we get like a technical guy to get on and explain this for us? Another lie caught, another lie caught, another lie caught. We now can police our own, our own elections. You have to By the way, what he's describing in software terms is called war driving, where you go around and you look for unsecured networks and you try to connect to it and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's... A form of hacking, I guess. Not really hacking exactly because you're just logging in because there's no password. But yeah, it's it's hacking. I think it's categorized as such and it's extremely unethical normally. Like, I don't even know what Mike Lindell is thinking or talking about. Is this legal? You have to be like when uh, 100 yards, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. You Somewhere bring it right in the there. room. You know, right the clerks the room. will probably want to have one, you know? Yeah, give one to every clerk. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. It's insane. Okay, so that brings us up to a recent clip that he released. Late October 2023, he's been accused of attempting to hack voting machines with these little WMDs. Oh, my God, dude. I hope somebody sues him to prevent these WMDs from being in the precincts. Seriously, I really hope that. I don't want his stupid little wireless devices anywhere near my voting systems or what i'm voting on or whatever nowhere near it late october 2023 brought an expert on to talk about this well, we've got these devices everybody by the way everybody you need to support the plan go to lindellplan.com uh, or go to lindell offense fund at 800-598-6747 um jeff the uh, these these devices um, they've, there's been, it's been said that they, uh, um, that they can hack in and, uh, do things on the, uh, in the, within the internet. That's what Mike Lindell was getting at. Yeah, they can hack in. And if they don't hack in, they're useless. They do nothing for anybody. They're not going to be able to get any data unless they're connected to the same network 
as the voting machines, which aren't on a network. So they're useless. He just spent how much money? Millions, certainly, right? 20 million, 30, 40, 50, 100 million? I don't know. How many millions did he spend on a little plastic brick that does nothing for anybody? Is there really any wonder that this guy is completely broke now? In the, within the internet, isn't it true these devices are legal that they just detect uh, when a device comes online? They are completely legal. They are completely passive, as we say, meaning that they listen just like your cell phone does, just like the, the, the routers on the internet uh, do. They don't change any data. They don't hack into anything. They don't. In that case, they, they will, at the very best, be able to detect Wi-Fi networks nearby. Is there a software engineer in the chat who can verify or who, who can confirm or deny the possibility that it can detect Wi-Fi packets or detect a Wi-Fi connection between two devices? Is that possible? I mean, let me know. Just at Owen's Fireside Chat and in the chat and tell me because as far as i know that first of all that device does not exist and second would that be legal i'm not convinced really i'm just looking through hang on you can't legally do that without permission i'm i'm, I'm seeing here you're correct owen there isn't that's what i thought because wait wait he isn't only if it has wireshark integrated wait wireshark integrated into are you talking about into the little black box that Mike Lindell has, a WMD or whatever. I'm suspect that it can detect packets because things are always sending and receiving packets to everything. That's why you can pull up your phone and, and just look at all of the Wi-Fi networks because packets are being sent back and forth. You know, they're sending out signals right now to everything to tell it that, you know, it's available to connect or that it wants to connect or whatever. A secured network won't expose anything. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, to my knowledge, you can't like if the network is secured and, and Mike Lindell is not hacked into it. I mean, he's not going to detect anything from these uh, devices anyways. But hypothetically, say Mike Lindell walks into a room and the voting machines were sending and receiving packets from a router. He wouldn't be able to detect that as far as I can tell. Because it's always sending off and receiving signals of all varying kinds. You, I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell what packets were being sent. It would just be garbled nonsense because it's secured. You know, it's, got, it's encrypted because it's a secured network. So naturally, when he tries to check it, he won't be able to tell if it's just broadcasting a normal signal or if it actually has real packets that have real data in them. That seems... It seems like that's the case to me. They don't do anything. They just listen. And, right. uh, and what they hear is, uh, is going to change uh, everything, Mike. Right. What is uh... What they hear is going to change everything, Mike. Right. Okay. Well, let's just sit around and wait and see, huh? I bet when Mike Lindell looks at his website on uh, Tuesday morning or whenever the elections are going to take place and sees that literally nothing turned up, He's going to feel like a complete failure once again. If you're on the same network, on the same IP block, you can use Wireshark from a Windows, Linux, Mac, and filter packets. Right. So you can filter packets because you're on the same network and you have the 
basically like the hash key. You have the you have access to the data on the network, right? Listen to just a little bit more of his explanation here because the further in we get with his explanation, the more ridiculous it gets. This is back to August 17th, 2023. This is his new device. What's really powerful is the other side here is going to know that this technology exists because it's now correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is deeper. It's not just something you can do on it because there's apps out there that can show you available Wi-Fi networks. This is another level. By the way, guys, I see you talking about this in the chat a little bit and and arguing over it. I just want to contribute to it a little. Bear in mind, whatever it is Mike Lindell is claiming to do is not against the law. Let's just, for the sake of argument, assume he's not hacking into a system because, A, I don't think he has the technical expertise to do that. I don't think he has the people that have the technical expertise to hack into random, like literally any random Wi-Fi account. It would have to be tailored to the specific Wi-Fi networks, and he'd have to know which network the voting machines were on, and they're not even on a network. So just assume... He's not hacking into anything for the sake of argument. I believe in that case, there's no way you must be connected to the network, to my knowledge, to detect any packets at all. Level. Yeah, this is a, it. This doesn't doesn't matter if there's Wi-Fi in the room. We yep. wanted to know they won't show us what's inside the machines. So they and they went. They'd always said they're not online. They're not online. This is yep. the only device I know in the world that was developed. It took over a year. That now will say, hey, you just if you just turn your phone on and I'm It'll sitting pop here, up. it would pop up. Ding! It would say, here's the phone. Here's the brand. Here's everything. Now, if it was a computer, here's the. Okay, what he's describing right now specifically. He would have to be connected to the network to receive any of this information. He's claiming he can get the MAC address and he can get the IP and and the everything for voting machines that are connected to a network. He would have to be connected to that network as well to receive that data unless he's found a way to hack into every random router from here to Texas with absolutely no pre-planning. Just walk in and and hack in. That's not happening. I'm sorry. He's completely full of it. To be honest, I think this is another thing he's doing to make himself look completely unglued from reality to use insanity as a defense to losing a billion dollars. It's very possible. That is very possible. Although I've talked to some people that have made me wonder if maybe that defense wouldn't work for him. Maybe he's just SOL anyways. You know, maybe he doesn't have lawyers left to tell him otherwise, so he's just going with it. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think I'm yeah, I, I I think we've all determined that he's completely full of it here. Yeah. You need to be connected to a network to see the information that he claims to have access to. You must be connected to its network. And he is not hacking into th- three thousand random routers of schools or police precincts or churches or whatever. It's just not going to happen. Everything. Now, if it was a computer, here's the address. If sure. it's a voting machine, here's a router. Here's a polling book. Here's a, a printer. You yeah, told us they weren't good. online. Now, think of this. If you're a county clerk that we always go to and say, hey, we want to get rid of these machines. And they go, no, our, our, my machines aren't online. Well, she's hurt. They're not. They are not online. Okay. And this device is going to do 
literally nothing unless he's hacking in to routers or something. And then, I mean, even if he hacks into the routers, he's not going to find a voting machine. And in the odd case where he does hack into voting machine networks or whatever, he is going to jail for the rest of his life. He will be under the jail if he hacks into voting machines, Wi-Fi networks, or any Wi-Fi network like that on a mass scale. That is simply ridiculous. It might have heard a lie behind a lie, a, a string of lies. Well, right now, that's not an acceptable excuse now because we're going to be able to go to them clerks and go, are you really going to uh, sit back? Because we're going to know either you're lying, misconstrued, or you're listening to a lie. Are you sure you want to keep them? The difference with what Mike's talking about doing here. This is Rick Green. He's He was a congressman for a short time, uh, I think a state congressman. And he was trying to get a judgeship, and he lost, and then he sued everybody and claimed that they defamed him, and that's what caused him to lose. Anyway, he's just a ridiculous dude. Now he owns a thing called Patriot Academy, claims to be a constitution coach. In reality, he's a far-right extremist Christian nationalist. So anyway, let's hear his input on this. Again, not computer scientist, doesn't have any clue what's happening or what's being said or anything difference with what Mike's talking about doing here when Pat Colbeck called me on election night at three o'clock in the morning no idea who that is he had discovered the ethernet cables coming out of the out of the uh, election boxes and everything but he had no way to prove it what Mike's offering right here election boxes I'm sorry wi-fi cables you know ethernet cables coming out of election boxes okay interesting ethernet cables you say keep that in the back of your head for a second Mike's offering right here if we end up in that situation again, no longer does Pat have to try to explain what he saw yeah, without, we'll the, without the technology and the evidence he's going to have it. That's- That's- no, no, that is not right. You know why? Because this WMD, wireless monitoring device, detects wireless networks. It does not detect devices that are connected through an Ethernet cable. If it's hooked up to Ethernet, by definition... It's not wireless. These people are so dumb, they don't know how dumb they are. Let me just, and I'm not trying to insult. That's not what this is about. This is not an attempt to insult anybody. I'm just trying to give like an honest, objective assessment of what's going on here. There's a thing called Dunning-Kruger. A lot of people have heard of this probably, but let me give a little more context to Dunning-Kruger you may not be aware of. Dunning-Kruger is the idea that you know so little about a subject that you don't know what you don't know. Originally, it was supposed to be applied to cases. Uh, specifically, this this case was being studied for Dunning-Kruger. A guy saw that lemon juice could act as an invisible ink. If you write on a piece of paper with lemon juice, put it in the microwave, it bakes it and, and changes the color, and you get a secret message on on the paper. So this guy, not knowing how this worked, believed that it made things invisible and he put lemon juice all over his body and tried to rob a bank, thinking he was invisible. That is Dunning-Kruger, really. It wasn't originally intended to apply to cases other than that, like very extreme cases, but colloquially, just commonly, it's come to mean something very different. Now it's like these people are formulating conspiracies about subjects that they know nothing about. Nothing. 
They know so little about these subjects, they don't know how little they know. And they create these wacky, bizarre conspiracies out of nothing. I mean, this should tell you something, right? They created conspiracies in the exact same way, with the same lines of logic and the same lack of factual information at their disposal. They formulated conspiracies like that about the 2020 election. This should be all the evidence you need to know that these people are, if not acting in bad faith and outright lying to us, completely clueless, have no idea what's going on around them, and don't even realize they have no idea what's going on. Dude saw an Ethernet cable coming out of a, a voting machine, supposedly, and he thinks a wireless monitoring device is going to blow the lid off of this story. Really. The Lionheart, former network engineer here. One, device must be this on the same network, connected to it, in order to see what's being sent or received. Two, if it's just a Wi-Fi scanner, it's, D it's DOA. I assume that means dead on arrival. Yeah, this, that's what I thought. Even so, this is called packet sniffing, and it's illegal in most jurisdictions. If Mike Lindell is mass-producing these devices and they're actually doing something illegal, oh boy, is he a world of hurt. He's already in a world of hurt. He's facing down billion-dollar lawsuits, multiple, and not to mention all like criminal trials that are probably already on their way. And not only will Mike Lindell be in a world of hurt, but so will all of the county clerks who did his bidding and use these devices or whatever. So worst case scenario, what he's doing is illegal. Most likely scenario, he's just looking for Wi-Fi networks. That's it. He's just doing war driving, just looking for Wi-Fi networks and then claiming that this Wi-Fi network has the voting machines on it. Can't access it, but I know it's there. Just... Just a joke, man. Seriously. Just a joke. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. And to play us out, as Bill O'Reilly would say, let's just listen to this woman scream and kick at cops as she's arrested for election tampering, for actually stealing private voter data and giving it to Mike Lindell in an attempt to overturn the 2020 election. It hurts. Let go of me. Give me my tea. Just for good measure, since I mentioned Bill O'Reilly a minute ago, let me pull that puppy up. Hang on. Let me see if I can find it. That's tomorrow. And that is it for us today. Okay, I don't know. It, whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. No, there it is. We are going to do Sting, yeah. Okay, but... Okay. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Okay. Ready? Sure. There's yeah. no words there to play us out. What does that mean, to play us out? It's, it's Sting is going to do, it's a video, Sting video. Okay. What is, for credits. I don't know what that means, to play us out. What does that mean? 
to end the show? Yeah. He is the biggest hole on planet Earth, dude. Really. Why is he like this? What made Bill O'Reilly this way? Was it his parents? Did he get everything that he wanted when he was little? What? What was it? All right, go, go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it. Okay. In five, four. Okay, that one was on you, Bill. Three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today, and we will leave you with a... I, I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! Right. Fucking thing sucks! I love this video to death, dude. I love it to death. I could play this in every episode of my channel. Every single time. It's so fantastic. I just eat this up. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. I'm Bill O'Reilly. Thanks again for watching. We'll leave you with Sting and a cut off his new album. Take it away. It's not over yet. Not over. Now he stands up and throws his pen, rips his jacket off. <laughs> oh, what a jerk, dude. He is such a jerk. Why is he like this? Honestly. Dude, I just love it to death. That That is a fantastic, that is a top-tier clip, okay? Top-tier. Where do you get the story about the Dunning-Kruger effect? Seems fake. It was a study made by Dunning and Kruger. Yes, absolutely. It was made by Dunning and Kruger. Wait, let me see if I can source this. Yeah, no, it happened. It's real. I was reading about it in a book. I think the book was called Incognito, The Secret Lives of the Brain by David Eagleman. He's a neurologist and uh i don't know what he is exactly he's psychology and neurology stuff like that on january 6 1995 macarthur wheeler and clifton earl johnson robbed two banks in the greater pittsburgh area at gunpoint this is uh, a new york times article that's archived june 20th 2010 it's uh titled the ansigenics dilemma something wrong but you'll never know what it is part one if you want to look it up at 2.47 p.m. at the Swissville branch of Mellon Bank, one of them stuck up the teller with a semi-automatic handgun while the other waited in line. They left together after obtaining $5,200, equivalent to 10000 in 2022. Wow, that's... Is it really worth life in prison for that much? The other robbery took place at Fidelity Savings Bank in Brighton Heights. Neither robber wore a mask or otherwise attempted to disguise, and they'd instead applied lemon juice to their faces. According to Wheeler, Johnson had told him lemon juice would make one invisible to security cameras. Although initially skeptical, he'd tested the method by covering his face with lemon juice and capturing an image of it with a Polaroid camera. As he was missing from the resulting photograph, he trusted the method would be effective. Interesting. As he was missing from the resulting photograph, he trusted the method to be effective. Detectives believed his absence in the image was caused by either a bad film, a maladjusted camera, or Wheeler having unintentionally pointed the camera away from his face. There you go. So he thought that it would make him immune to photography or video cameras or anything. Johnson was arrested on January 12th. A surveillance photograph of Wheeler was broadcast as part of a Pittsburgh Crime Stoppers segment with the 11 p.m. news on April 19th. Anonymous tips subsequently led to Wheeler's arrest at 12.10 a.m. on April 20th, 
less than an hour after the broadcast. When shown the photographs in which he'd been identified, Wheeler was shocked and explained, but I wore the lemon juice. I wore the lemon juice. Johnson pleaded guilty to the heist at Mellon Bank as well as two unrelated robberies from 94. He testified against Wheeler and was given a five-year prison sentence on October 27th. Judge Gary L. Lancaster sentenced Wheeler to 24 and a half years in prison, followed by three years of probation on January 5th, 96, for Swiss Vale stick-up. Charges for the Brighton Heights case were dropped. So, you wanted a source? There you go. The lemon juice story. That's originally what the Dunning-Kruger effect was designed to explain, that people don't know what they don't know. They knew so little about this subject, about lemon juice and how it works and the the invisible ink and everything else, that they thought that it would make their faces invisible. They knew nothing about it, practically. They're just, yeah. It was for extreme cases, not for basic cases originally. I respect your request for the source, though. I respect that you wanted to know for sure that that was real. It is always important to check sources, no matter who it's coming from. I try to be correct every single time. Sometimes I get it wrong. In that case, it gets caught in editing. But every now and then, something slips through. I try so hard to make sure I get it all right. But you got to check. You got to make sure, you know? Next up. It's time to talk about the split in the Methodist Church. A couple years ago, the Methodist Church split in two over whether or not members of the LGBT community will be allowed to participate in the church as normal members. Get married, be clergy, that kind of thing. We didn't know exactly how big the split was going to be, but now we do. Let's talk about it. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon. And check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. The Methodist Church just had a massive split. Now, this split happened actually, I think in 2019 is when it originally started, but we didn't know how dramatic the split was going to be until now, pretty much. Now we have a pretty good gauge of how badly this is going to affect the Methodist denomination. Up to this point, the Methodist denomination has been united under the United Methodist Church, UMC. It was a general conference that was over top of every Methodist church in the country, to my knowledge, with maybe the exception of a few. You send money to the Methodist General Conference, and they send money back, making sure that the buildings are in good repair and that they're being paid for, that the pastor is being paid. They do pay a pastor uh, an annual salary. They have a place where the pastor can live, things like that. They appoint pastors, they move pastors around. That's what the UMC does. Well, now we know the effects of the split. Now, I'm just going to tell you, if you know this story already, I I won't bury the lead. I'm just going to tell you about 20% left. Now, let me tell you what this split was over. The church itself has a rule. Church law forbids the marriage or ordination of, quote, self-avowed practicing homosexuals, unquote. But a lot of people in the Methodist Church have been completely ignoring that rule in favor of inclusivity and not being a D-bag, you know? And not being, it's a little more than being a D-bag, not being discriminatory against God's children, put it that way. So they've been allowing gay marriage. They've been allowing 
gay priests or whatever. That hasn't been an issue up to this point, but a lot of conservatives in the United Methodist Church, like the General Conference, were so unhappy with it, they split off. 20% of them left. That figure is apparently much larger than people thought that it was, and it's going to very adversely affect the Methodist denomination, the Methodist movement. Methodists are generally known to be much more moderate, much calmer and down-to-earth and chill, not hate anybody for anything. My kid's grandma, my my family member, the, the woman who took me in, for all intents and purposes, my grandmother, technically my ex's grandmother, but anyways, she was Methodist, and she went to this Methodist church, and she didn't hate anybody for anything. She had a gay sister who she loved very much and had her over every Sunday for dinner with everybody and everything. But the Methodist church, apparently... You know, some some churches in there didn't like that. Unfortunately, there were some pretty big churches in the Methodist church or in the Methodist movement or whatever that were on the conservative side that wanted to keep with the anti-gay stuff. So they lost 20 percent of their churches, but many of the churches were really big and, and brought in a lot of money for the conference, unfortunately, and paid for the smaller churches. I want to read this article, but before we do, let's just get Stephen Anderson's take on this. If you don't know Stephen Anderson, he is a cult leader and a hate preacher to the core. And he has an opinion on every disturbing, bizarre thing you can imagine. Listen to his opinion on the United Methodist Church split here. This came out mid-August 2023. Just a quick warning, strong language. It's bleeped, but it's in there. We have a nice balance of men and women. Why? Because of the fact that when you actually have real biblical preaching, men like that. Okay? And, and, but men aren't necessarily attracted to some fatty United Methodist Church service. My God, dude. So real men are not Methodists, I guess, is the overarching message he's trying to communicate. Okay? Wow. You know, a bunch of, a bunch of women might be okay with that and a few soy boys into the mix. But, you know, hair- Guess that makes me a soy boy, all right. Hair-legged men. Hair-legged men. They're not interested in going to a United Methodist Church because it's just like a fag fest. It's just, it's just like so lame. It's just so watered down, you know. It's, it's okay, I'm not really into that kind of fest, but I'll tell you what, I'll go because it seems entertaining as hell to watch. It's just so watered down, you know. It's, it's just, it's a joke. And then they're surprised, like, oh, why aren't men going to church anymore? Because, you know, they don't want to be around a bunch of queer little sissies, you know, and, 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 and you know. You know, maybe that word should have been beeped, too. I know queer has been reclaimed by the LGBT community in large part, but he's using it as a slur here. He's not using it in the kind way, obviously. TV and movies, they perpetuate this more by showing these really soft, effeminate ministers all the time and everything. And then, you know, and that's what you're actually going to find down at the United Methodist, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Lutheran churches these days. And so real hair-legged men are like, get me out of here. They're not interested. So anyways, that's Stephen Anderson's take on the whole United Methodist split, about as disturbing as it gets. So with that under our belt... Let's read this article titled United Methodists Lose One-Fifth of U.S. Churches in Schism Over LGBTQ Rights. 
Written July 6, 2023 on PBS.org, more than 6,000 United Methodist congregations, a fifth of the U.S. total, have now received permission to leave the denomination amid a schism over theology and the role of LGBTQ people in the nation's second largest Protestant denomination. Those figures emerge following the close of regular meetings in June for the denomination's regional bodies, known as annual conferences. The departures began with a trickle in 2019 when the church created a four-year window of opportunity for U.S. congregations to depart over LGBTQ-related issues and cascaded to its highest level this year. Everybody suspected that we'd have accurate numbers in 2023. Well, here we are now. These are the accurate numbers, sadly. About a fifth. That's that's a heavy blow. You know, in an ideal world, I talked about this recently. I may be touching on it again later. But in an ideal world, I would like to see everybody come to realize that none of these denominations have it right. They're all full of <laughs> All of them. But you know what? Methodists are on the very bottom of my list of concerns. I, do, I couldn't possibly care less if you want to be Methodist. If you want to help me fight extremism, then come on. Let's do it. We'll work together. Be a moderate, relaxed, chill Christian, and let's work against the extremists. So it's honestly, I'm, I'm sad to see that the Methodist religion is losing so many people. But it is an interesting harbinger. It's a sign that LGBT issues are dividing the country. And before long, I mean, this is the same kind of path you saw society take with black rights, a similar path. There was eventually a tipping point where more people were in favor of black rights than weren't in favor of it. And then it was just a small, loud, obnoxious minority spreading propaganda and screaming and crying like they're dying over the possibility that their daughter might marry somebody that's black, really. That's the kind of thing that happened in the 60s. And hell, honestly, kind of still happens to this day. But pretty much everybody, just about, accepts that as the truly evil thing that it is, right? What we're seeing right now is the fall of anti-LGBT rhetoric, the fall of anti-LGBT sentiment countrywide. We're seeing these split-offs, these schisms, these breakups of different political parties and different political ideologies, beliefs, and religious beliefs and everything else. We're seeing it all split up, and it's a good thing to see this happen over these types of issues. It's a sign that LGBT rights are being more accepted in society, largely. Church law forbids the marriage or ordination of self-avowed practicing homosexuals, but many conservatives have chosen to leave amid a growing defiance of those bans in many U.S. churches and conferences. So that ban is technically in place. They're just ignoring it is the bottom line. And 80% of the churches were in favor of ignoring those bans. 80% were in favor of allowing gay marriage, allowing gay priests or whatever. That's a fantastic sign. This is really good news. We have something to celebrate today. Many of the departing congregations are joining the Global Methodist Church, GMC. So not United Methodist Church. Now it's Global Methodist Church. The Global Methodist Church is the hate group, I guess, that, or the hateful one. I don't want to call it a hate group. It's the hateful one. 
It may be a hate group. I just want to look at it a little more closely before using that term. A denomination created last year by conservatives breaking from the UMC while others are going independent or joining different denominations. If they really feel this way, I mean, how are Methodists different from Baptists, really? Baptists are just kind of more extreme than Methodists, largely, right? I mean, I know that there are more differences in that fundamentally, but you'd think that they'd just find another denomination to go to that was closer to their values. Some 6,182 congregations have received approval to disaffiliate since 2019, according to an unofficial tally by United Methodist News Service, which has been tracking votes by annual conferences. That figure is 4,172 for this year alone, it reported. Wow, that's interesting. Here's the thing about gay rights, and I said earlier that it's very much a similar situation to the black community in the 1960s, how they're being treated today. It's nearly a mirror image. Let me just give you a couple of examples of what I'm talking about. Back in the 1950s, there's a black family that was moving into a neighborhood and propaganda starts spreading through that neighborhood about the black family moving in and how people felt about it. The KKK and other far-right actors were working in the community to spread lies, fear-mongering lies, to scare the shit out of anybody that lived there, any white families. They wanted them scared out of their wits about what was going to happen if integration took place. Listen to this. Some of the people are definitely against integration. And they have told my children that they have to marry and my child doesn't even know what a is but from the sound it has scared them and they have come home just crying <clears throat> mommy do I have to marry Negroes and my answer in handling all the fears that children come in is that you can marry who whomever you wish the point is the KKK takes something that's basic that everybody wants integration Everybody wants people to join together, be able to go to the same schools, attend the same churches, just work together, right? We don't want ghettos. We don't want people living in impoverished areas and cordoned off into, into this area here, right? Separate neighborhoods like that. It's bad. So the KKK claims that part of the integration process will eventually be forcing your kids to marry a black person. And if they don't, they're not working toward integration hard enough. It's the wokeism of its day. If you don't want to marry a black person, then you're not woke enough or whatever. I mean, as you can see, the tactics have not changed very much over the years. Here is another example I wanted to show you of the exact same arguments being used against the LGBT community in 2023, this is early April 2023, at a town meeting in Tennessee, Franklin, Tennessee, they're complaining about a pride parade that was taking place. I don't want to see a guy twerking in front of me. I'm 60 years old. It has nothing to do with my kids. I don't want to see it. So I don't care who you date. This is about opposing a very dark political movement. Find a private venue or a safe space that you say you desire. You can go to the library. You can go to my church. I don't care. Just stay out 
of the public venues with what you're trying to advertise. God's word is clear that homosexuality is a sin. Do we or do we not want sex on display in a public park here in Franklin, Tennessee? I mean, you're seeing how all of these arguments are being formulated in such a way that they will fear monger to people in the middle, right? The conservative movements, the, the far right has always tried to get the white moderate, as MLK Jr. called it. They've always tried to get the white moderate on their side. And they've done that by scaring the bejesus out of them, by telling them they're going to be forced to marry a black person, by telling them they're going to force their children to listen to, you know, gender identity, blah, 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 when they're in school, or they're going to force your kids to attend a pride parade. And if they don't attend a pride parade, they're not, you know, inclusive enough and they'll be shunned by their friends and family and all that other stuff. It's all the same stuff. And uh, for what it's worth, this is what I wanted to mention here. Listen to what she said. God's word is clear that homosexuality is a sin. God's word is clear that homosexuality is a sin. That is ultimately the disagreement that the United Methodist Church had with its adherents. That's what the schism is over. So let's talk about it. What does the Bible have to say about being gay? In the Old Testament, the book of Leviticus, I think maybe, Leviticus, where the laws were listed, it condemns men lying with men, basically. It, it condemns being gay. And it's pretty unequivocal. It's right in there, along with not eating shellfish, not eating pork, not wearing cotton and linen blends, keeping the Sabbath day, and all that other stuff. So, unless you do all of those things, all 613 commandments, then I don't want to hear it. That's completely irrelevant. For of the verses that are anti-gay were in the old laws, the Old Testament in general, completely invalidated since Jesus came back. That's why we eat pork now. That's why we don't have to follow any of those laws. It was fulfilled. Jesus fulfilled it and replaced the law with two new laws. Love your neighbor as yourself and love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. Those are the laws. That's what you have to follow to get into the kingdom of God, period. That's what Jesus said. And uh, you know what else Jesus said? He said absolutely nothing about the LGBT community. Zero. The dude was 30-something years old and had an opinion on every subject, every single one, except that. Isn't that interesting? Almost like he doesn't care. Like he doesn't see it as very relevant. Almost like... The primary focus of his message was loving each other and taking care of each other, doing everything you can to build a community and build each other up and helping each other when they need it. The other two verses were written by Paul, letter to the Corinthian congregation. I think it was in maybe 1 Corinthians. And the other one was in the book of Romans. The words used in those verses is something called a hapax legomenon. What that means is it's a word that's never used anywhere else in the entire Bible. And we have no idea what it actually means. They had a word for gay. They had a word for men who sleep with other men. But this hapax legomenon kind of 
threw scholars for a loop because they have no clue exactly what it means. It's like a combination of a number of different words that roughly translate to man and bed and week. It's kind of it's just confusing. Like nobody is fully sure exactly what was trying to be communicated. But if you look at the culture at the time, what was probably being communicated more than likely is Paul was condemning um, prostitution and condemning lying with young boys. That's almost certainly what it was about based on the culture at the time, since we don't know what he was actually talking about. So those are the other two verses in the Bible. Now, as far as Paul goes, I don't really hold his opinions in high esteem because he basically came in and completely reversed like a ton of stuff that Jesus said. Let me give you one example. Matthew 25, 31 to 46, it's the sheep and the goats. It's that story if you're familiar with it. Jesus tells, I guess, what, like a parable or something. And he describes this scenario where the Son of Man comes, which is supposed to be the guy that comes and unites Israel in this big kingdom and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, he is going to separate people into sheep and goats. The king will say to those on his right, which are the sheep, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Jesus is describing who gets into the kingdom of God and who doesn't. And what does it hinge on entirely? Loving people, taking care of people, not harassing them or treating them like garbage, feeding them when they're hungry, clothing them when they're, they're naked, I guess, helping them when they're sick, giving them a place to sleep. That's what gets you into the kingdom of God, according to Jesus. And then the next verse says, Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you... When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine you did for me. And then he will say about the goats, Depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I.e., if you don't take care of the people around you, if you aren't a good person, if you aren't nice... You're not making it into heaven. That's what it's all about. That is what Jesus said was a prerequisite to get into heaven. Now, later, a few verses or a few books later, Paul, somebody who is who never met Jesus, didn't even know him, didn't even know what Jesus taught. All Paul knew was a total of maybe three stories about Jesus, and he knew what the culture was at the time in Christianity. And somehow found himself at the highest ranks. So he, so Paul comes in after not knowing anything about Jesus and starts writing. Starts writing about what he thinks about the church and how he thinks it should run. And Paul says, you should never suffer a woman to teach. She should be in subjugation to a man. Jesus invited Mary Magdalene in to listen to his talks all the time. Where did that come from? Paul said... There's that hapax legomenon, whatever it means. Uh, men bed weak shouldn't, 
you know, won't get into the kingdom of God. Neither will adulterers or fornicators or greedy persons or whatever. You know the list. They won't get into the kingdom of God. That's not what Jesus said. He said, if you are a good, kind person, that's the prerequisite. That's it. Jesus said, you be a good person, you will get in. Paul said, believing in Jesus and confessing your, or giving your soul or your life over to him or whatever is what does it. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, you have to be a good person. Is this being a good person? Is this caring for your fellow man? Is this taking care of the people around you in your community? Or do we not want sex on display in a public park here in Franklin, Tennessee? It's only a matter of time before it turns out into what you would see in other major cities. We are at an inflection point in this city's history and in this nation's history where pronouns are being shoved down our throats. I'm sure you don't want to see me in a bondage gear outfit. I wouldn't look very good. Is this showing love for your fellow man? propagandizing about them, lying about them, twisting it around, turning it into something that can be used as a hate campaign against people? Is this what Jesus would have wanted? This fear-mongering campaign trying to scare the, the daylights out of everybody from here to Texas? Some of the people are definitely against integration. And they have told my children that they have to marry what you have done to the least of my brothers and sisters you have done to me now i recognize personally that everybody is equal to everybody else and race is a construct in our heads there are people with more melanin and people with less melanin it makes just as much sense to categorize people by hair color or eye color but within the framework that these people set up in the 1950s where black people are lesser. Didn't Jesus say those who have helped the least of us, the least of my brothers and sisters, those are the ones that will get into the kingdom of God? What are these Bible-believing Christians doing in the 1950s and now against the LGBT community? Propagandizing, spreading fear campaigns, and trying to prevent them from being treated as equals. That's what's happening. It's absolutely shameless and unforgivable. And I'm glad to see the Methodist Church splitting off right now. This is fantastic news. I could not be happier about this. Now we finally have a major church that has split up because of the LGBT issue and only 20% left. That's fantastic. That shows society is shifting. This is a day for celebration. There's a lot of stuff that Paul set up in early Christianity, for the record, that does not jive with what Jesus said at all. Again, Paul didn't understand the first thing about what Jesus taught. He didn't ever meet him. He knew like three stories about him, and that's it, when he was writing all this stuff. Eventually, later on, Paul met some people who knew Jesus, but that was like way later. Let me tell you what the whole belief system was originally, real quick. The belief system that Jesus presumably held was that he was the chosen one. He was the Messiah. He was the prophet of God that was here to announce the changes and, and the big things that were going to happen, right? And what was going to happen was he was here to announce that there's going to be a king 
that comes and conquers the land of Israel and takes it back from the Roman Empire and turns it into God's land, God's kingdom again. That's the return of the kingdom. That's the kingdom that Jesus is going to rule over. I mean, it was a physical kingdom here in, you know, in Israel on earth. That was the belief. That's what they meant when they said God's kingdom. And the apostles believed Jesus had to be alive to have done all of this. So Jesus believed that he couldn't die, seemingly. He believed that he was God's chosen fella, and he wasn't going to let him die. God wouldn't let him die. So he, he did some daring stuff. He went into Jerusalem and caused a big hullabaloo, if you will, and uh, got sentenced to death. And just like that, he's on the cross. And as he dies, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's an interesting thing for Jesus to have said if he thought that he was the chosen one, God's main man, right? The apostles believed Jesus was going to usher in the new age where Israel was established with a new kingdom and everything, which Jesus had his head. And the fact that he just died made no sense. They didn't understand it. So they came up with this explanation. He'll be back. He'll be back. You just wait and see what happens. He'll, he'll come back, and uh, he'll come back soon, and then he'll bring about this great kingdom. Only later, when people started dying, did they start asking hard questions of Paul. And Paul started explaining, well, the people who have died, they'll come out of their graves and they'll go up and meet him in the sky and usher him back down to earth. That's where the rapture came from, the idea of the rapture, where Paul was trying to quell fears and rebellion and all that stuff and questions by telling them, yeah, people are dying and that wasn't supposed to happen before Jesus start, you know, sparked the kingdom. But uh, those people will come back to life and they'll meet Jesus in the sky and bring him back. When that didn't happen in their lifetimes, they created this narrative, Paul and the early Christians created a, a narrative that Jesus had to have died and they came up with an explanation for it. He died to atone for our sins. That wasn't the belief. The belief is that Jesus is supposed to usher in the new age. He's the son of man or that he's supposed to at least tell people that about the son of man at the very least depending on who you believe and, and whatever else so paul came in and completely changed the belief system there was no belief in atonement for original sin or you know this idea that you have to accept jesus into your heart to make it into heaven or the kingdom of god or any of that stuff jesus just believed you had to be a good person so good job guys Good job, 20% of the Methodist church, on following Jesus' commandments. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Dan McClellan has a few good videos on the topic on if the Bible condemns being gay. It condemns a man being the submissive because of societal roles. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that was a big problem in Rome. Well, that was a big problem that the Romans had. You were allowed to be gay as long as you were a top, pretty much. But again, it's a hapax legomenon. It's hard to know exactly what it really meant since there's only a single use. And it's not a word that... It's like a slang word or something. And it didn't... He wasn't saying gay because they have a word for gay. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon. And take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. 
Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this, and Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelists and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last, so you can jump in anywhere and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.